Now, this subject matter seems to be even more critical today, the importance of the role of motherhood. She's no stranger to us. We have Mo Aisum Aiken back with us on the Gems of Motherhood podcast. Now, Mo Aisum Aiken is a New York best-selling author, a nationally sought-after speaker, and a powerful voice rising up for her generation. Her life was riddled with great personal tragedy. Her two books, Wreck My Life, Journeying from Broken to Bold, and Sex, Jesus, and a Conversation, the Church for God, have reached tens of thousands of people worldwide and her messages featured on countless other programs. And very soon, she'll be releasing her third book. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood podcast, Mo. It's so good to have you back on the show. Thank you. This is wonderful to be back. I was so excited when you reached out that I liked this the first time around. This, <laughs> this feels kind of nice. This feels kind of comfortable here. So Yeah, I am so excited about this topic because... I feel like it's no ordinary topic, especially in today's world that we're going through. And so I would love to hear from you. You know, I mean, there's so many incredible moms in the Bible, mothers in the Bible. Now, if you had to choose one, who would you pick? It's a hard question because it's a big question. There are mm-hmm. so many incredible women in the Bible. And I think it's really beautiful to look scripturally and see how highly regarded, esteemed, what a great and rich honor it was. And it still is, though mm-hmm. our culture sometimes sees it a little bit differently to be a mother. I mean, a woman saw it as the greatest blessing, the most beautiful blessing. And what stands out to me though, when I hear that question, I I guess there's sort of, I'm in the early stages. I have, you know, soon to be four, five and under. And so I just think of even that season of like the birth of motherhood, becoming Uh a mother. And it may sound cliche, but Mary is just always drawn right to my heart because what we know culturally when we really study the times in which the word was written and we kind of come out of our own Mm -hmm. framework and perspective to understand the reality of the situation. But, you know, the the very mother of of Yeshua, of Jesus, was probably about 13, 14-year-old girl. She would have been very young. And I just think about her journey back to Bethlehem with Joseph as they were going for the census. We we were in Israel and were able to go over uh, to Bethlehem on the West Bank and, um, and experience an area. And what's funny is we picture in our minds because of like the cultural representation we have. We think of the nativity scene and we think of these tame livestock, you know, sort Mm -hmm. of all around and this woman bringing life into the world. But the reality is that Jesus was likely born in in a cave. That's where the livestock were kept in the shepherd Mm -hmm, field. mm -hmm. You know, it stayed cool in the summer, warm in the winter. And that would have been where the mangers were. That would have been where she would have had some safety and protection. And I just walked into one of these caves when we were in Israel and stood in there in the reality of the very real place that this young woman became a mother Mm. and the conditions and her age and the cultural circumstances, you know, she likely would have had help from, from some, from some like shepherd's wives or some other women, but, um, It's so different than I think the idealized picture we see. And I stood in this cave and was just overcome with emotion. And God whispered to my heart, you know, I I do holy work in quiet caves. Mm. And I just thought this young girl 
first off birthed the savior of the world, but also became a mother herself in the unseen, humble, hidden place. It's the quiet cave of a mother's womb that life is conceived and knit together. It's Mm -hmm. often the quiet caves of our homes and the unseen rigors of raising up these little people. But he said, I do holy work in quiet caves. And I just, when I think of motherhood, Oh, I just weep when, after I had my first, I thought of Mary and the pains of her labor and the reality of man bringing forth life and what a privilege it is, but how it's often an unseen, less than celebrated, you know, spot, Uh, but man, it's holy. It's so holy. And so she comes to my mind. She did a pretty good job. She raised Jesus. (laughs) He was sinless. So I'm like, did she have it that tough? (laughs) She did have a really, really interesting life. I mean, she was definitely such a humble woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, And on top of that, she endured, she endured a lot, you know, not just going through of giving birth to Jesus, but um, I mean, imagine the process of on the way to giving birth to Jesus, she had Mm -hmm. to run. Literally. Literally. And after that, you know, she had to endure everything that people were talking around her. Right. And so she's definitely an obedient she obeyed the Lord, you know, uh, despite what other people would have said and said about her. Now we seem to be living in a world where darkness is just so prevalent. Mm -hmm. And I feel like God has called us for such a time as this, Mm -hmm. you know, to rise up as mothers feel like he's calling all the Esthers to come out. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Oh, goodness. It is certainly an interesting time um, in our world, in our own nation, you know, in our culture uh, to be a woman, to be a mother, to celebrate those things in their pure and beautiful sense. It's very much challenged Mm -hmm. and opposed and diminished. Mm -hmm. I think that is probably one of the biggest things that grieves my heart that I see is just this role of motherhood Mm -hmm. diminished as if like, oh, you're just a stay at home mom, you know, right, right. You you are want to have kids when you could be, you know, X, Y, or Z. And man, again, just sort of, as I mentioned before, if we look biblically, so if we look at the word of God fleshed out, I mean, his heart scribed onto these pages, we can see the role of woman, the value of woman, the inherent identity of woman. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful, incredible, miraculous thing. And the gift of motherhood, uh, truly a gift, truly an honor and I have to keep my heart and my mind rooted in that truth as I navigate a challenging world, as mm-hmm. I navigate my own wants and wishes and my own urges sometimes and you know my own wandering thoughts of but what if if I didn't have to, you know, x y or z. I have to remember, wow, Lord, let my let my thoughts become your thoughts and my mm-hmm. heart stay aligned with your heart Amen. because you make quite clear that where you have me, the gift of what you have given me to steward as a woman, as a mother, it is of intense, incredible significance and importance and kingdom importance, mm-hmm. not just for now, but for what you are doing, what right. we are in the midst of and where you, how your story is unfolding. 
this is a foundational piece, uh, the role of motherhood. And so let me not miss it and let me not get distracted or uh, diminished or discouraged by a world mm-hmm. that right now really motherhood is treated quite subservient or uh, I guess just not always celebrated in the ways that it should be it's until you start to get into a community of mothers that are like, we're incredible, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> but I just mean, you know, uh, zoomed out from a culture standpoint right now. I mean, even the fertility rates right now, how the rate in which we're reproducing is, is historically low, right. not even enough to regenerate the population at the rates we're presently at. And so I just see the enemy in hot pursuit and attacking mm-hmm. uh, the very multiplication model that God mm. speaks of as his word, uh, in his word, and that reveals his nature and his heart and any angle that it can be attacked, that it can be you know, broken down, that it can be diminished. We see it presently being attacked to a greater degree than I've seen it in my lifetime. And I think that's probably only going to intensify for us. So we need to recognize, remember, fix our eyes on the truth of the word and hold fast to the honor Mm -hmm. of the tradition because it's significant. It's really, really significant. It is. And like you said, it's going to be even more intensified. You know, speaking of that, it's going to be even more intensified. A lot of moms I know are very worried about their children because of what's going on around our world, Um, you know, and the current events that it's going on. And like you said, it's going to get even more intensified. How would you suggest to encourage these moms to go about their role as mothers and not obviously for us not to think about what's going to happen? Because at the end of the day, it is the will of God, right? But also at the end of the day, we are to put a mantle around us as mothers. It's what God has given us, shield around us. But I'd love to hear from you. Why do you think it's important for us to take on this mantle of motherhood that God has given us? And how can mothers um, stop worrying about what's going on in this world? And how would you suggest that they begin raising up kingdom children? Right. Yeah. Great question. I, Sorry, it has a load of questions. No, it, it, remind me if there's layers I miss and answering, but I want to kind of zoom out to look even prophetically at what we see unfolding right now mm-hmm. and what I think we're only going to continue to see unfold and God's sovereignty in the midst of it. We are in a time, I mean, there are current events right this moment that are challenging the very nature of womanhood, of right. motherhood, of our children's um, safety. And I, I, I hear people wrestle some with like, where's God in the midst of this and, and God good in the midst of them. Why would, why would things be progressing this way? But when we zoom out and we look at the totality of what the word shows us of how things are going to play out in God's story, we already have the blueprint mm-hmm. We already have the very word of God showing us um, how things are going to progress, especially uh, the further and further we move from Christ's first coming and the nearer and nearer we move towards his second coming. And I think it's really important to remember that God allows in his perfect sovereignty shaking. He allows, he allows disruption. He allows shift and it is not for our harm. It is for our good. It is allowed by his hand. It's for our purpose. And 
uh, good purpose. And what I see taking place in this time is um, really through the pandemic, even uh, moving forward now, we have seen a real shaking, a shaking of the things that needed to crumble and fall, a shaking Mm -hmm. of the things that we as mothers, we as parents, we as people have just trusted the world to handle, have just placed our kids here or there and hoped for the best. Any place, any responsibility that our mantle that we are to carry, um, any place that that's weak or that God wants to open our eyes to the importance of our need to steward those things and to carry those things, uh, you likely felt a shaking this mm-hmm. year in that area. And while that can be uncomfortable, while it might have disoriented things, the, the very purpose, I believe, is that God is working to wake us up to our true identity. As the day draws near, he wants his people awakened mm. to what he is doing, to the necessity of intimacy with him, to an alertness in the spirit, to an armoring up, to actually taking our mantle and no longer handing it off to another to carry bits and pieces of what our responsibilities are, but disturbing our sense of peace enough that we would say, whoa, wait a second, this stuff is important. Mm -hmm. And I thought I felt pretty good about kind of mindlessly just putting my kid there or letting them consume this. But suddenly I'm having to think a little bit more here. I'm having to discern a little more carefully. Right. I need to make some shifts in the way that we're going about, you know, different choices or different things in our lives as we raise our kids. And ultimately what that shaking does is it awakens an accountability to our very call um, because suddenly He's stirred and captivated our hearts on an issue that matters. We Mm -hmm. love our kids. And he is not doing it that we would feel hopeless and afraid and overwhelmed. He's allowing it so that we would remember he's given us every good and perfect gift and tool within us to walk forward with boldness and with courage uh, and with strength. And so I've seen a lot of things challenged and fall away and maybe mothers are having to reassess why Mm -hmm. or how they did something. And I think it's the best spot we can be because it draws us into his presence. It compels us to ask him like, what do we do? And what is my, what do I need to take ownership of here? And what do I need to like wake up and turn on my brain of why have I been, you know, doing X, Y, or Z? What are you trying to speak to me about God? And if we would see the shaking and the struggles more from an opportunity front of what God might be trying to open our eyes to than we do from a fearful front of, oh my goodness, how then we're all going to, you know, crumble and fall. Like (laughs) the totality of his word says that darkness is going to rise, but the light will shine that much brighter. Amen. We realize the very mantle on us is the, the proclamation that we are those light carriers. We will start doing so with more intentionality. And so big picture answer to say, I think right now, what I have seen in this stretch of year, you know, we're moving over a year marker now Yeah, is women and the heart of motherhood pressed and challenged. I mean, you saw it when suddenly kids, we couldn't send them off to school anymore. They're right. on the roof. Some people needed to re-familiarize themselves with what it really meant 
right. to parent their children mm-hmm. you know, for long stretches of time. Like you just, <laughs> that's just one small example, but we saw a number of things, you know, shift. And I saw um, some women really struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel, I, I feel for them. There's a lot of different circumstances and people have, some have far more support than right. Um, but I saw others maybe wrestle through the tension, but then remember and rise to the call. And I saw relationships enhanced with children. I saw strength come out of women that was like, I don't even know if she knew that was in there, you know, that she could do these things. And it's just been a, a challenging time, but a beautiful time if we'll see it from the right perspective. And I think it's important because right now God is raising up a generation of mm-hmm. kingdom warriors. Mm-hmm. They're like toddling around, spitting up on themselves at the moment. Yeah. But we need the very generals who have been commissioned to train them. I don't know why the imagery of like Mulan and the guy who trained <laughs> her, you know what I mean? Like, I know because so you said general and I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> I'm imagining like Joshua and the army and everyone going in. Oh, you just so beautiful. I thought Mulan. I don't know why, but... Yes, it's, it's, uh, we are, I guess he is the general and we are the ranks right beneath him, following his orders and raising up the kingdom army that is to come. And Mm -hmm. it makes sense that there is such a hit and an attack out on the unborn, out on the value of life, out on women and mothers in general, Mm -hmm. because if the enemy can chop down the, the captains, the sergeants, you know, those under the general, if he mm-hmm. can pop us down now, he can deactivate the army that God is working there. Right. But if we can recognize I carry in a mantle, it's important. There are some things that I'm going to need to start lifting that I didn't think I did, but I'm seeing, Hey, this is my responsibility, you know, and in my strength, it's impossible, but by his grace, all things are possible. Amen. I'm going to walk forward with this. I think we'll see a generation turn out a lot different than they might have otherwise without yeah. being rattled like this. And yeah. so I see, I see the holy in it, even though it's hard. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, um, I, I mean, like I was saying earlier, I love that you used the description of the general. And mm-hmm. this almost brings us back to the beginning of our conversation about, you know, who do you think uh, inspires you? Which mother, which woman in the Bible? And it's almost like it's Mary. God is calling us back to be the Mary because we report to our general. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned to a friend the other day, when we're saved, we, we give our lives to Christ and we die to self. Okay. Mm-hmm. When we get married, we die to self. You know, <laughs> we look at our husbands. We we'd already died to self. We right. got married and we realized, oh, we had to die again. <laughs> and, and, and then we have kids and we die to self. <laughs> You know, and this past year has been incredibly challenging. Like you said, there's been a lot of shifting, you know, for working moms, um, for non-working moms. And there are even certain moms who've had to sacrifice themselves by leaving their jobs and taking care of their child. I did that because I needed to do what was best for my daughter. And yet we as mothers were always called to be intentional 
in terms of raising our kingdom children, right? So let's come back to talking about, you know, raising our kingdom children as women, as mothers who report to our general. How can we raise these kids to have kingdom mind and to be kingdom oriented? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm actually going to have to start. Um, the Holy Spirit's bringing several things to my mind. So, um, awesome. Yeah, I, I want to jot down real quick a few things so I don't lose a train of thought. I think um, the first thing that is coming to my mind is just an echo of what we just said, of recognizing that mantle that we carry, mm-hmm. keeping our eyes fixed on him as he speaks the value and the worth of that mantle over us and then beginning to walk forward in intentionality. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the first thing that, that really comes to my mind, to my heart. We are not going to raise kingdom warriors by being zoned out and unplugged from the process. Mm -hmm. It's not how a coach teaches a player. It's not how, you know, a, a general, uh, (laughs) commands his captains to train the ranks. We have to be intentionally engaged in the process first and foremost by us Mm -hmm. as women, as mothers being in tune with God, knowing intimacy with God, being healed, hearing from him, studying his word, applying it to our lives, obeying, Mm -hmm. you know, allowing him to transform us from the inside out. So we have to be plugged into our source. And then we have to be intentional in stewarding the time, the seasons, the days and hours that we get with our children with purpose, Mm. with clarity. Um, You know, there's a lot of beauty in understanding our role. And there's a lot of beauty in asking God who have you made this child to be Mm. and how give me wisdom and give me insight to intentionally raise this child up in the way that they should go. And like based on the specifics of how they've been knit together, exploring our children that way, observing Mm -hmm. them intentionally, not dismissing one because they're more emotional than the other. Right. uh, And a little harder, but realizing, wow, maybe, maybe this child is like a prophetic feeler. They obviously are, you know, more emotional. Perhaps the way God will communicate to them is through um, feeling. And so let me not squash this unique trait of my child, mm. but let me steward it with some intentionality and help guide it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could go down, you know, 10 million different characteristics we could list, but the intentionality of really studying our children, seeking our source for wisdom and strength and raising them up with purpose, um, I think is so important. The intentionality of being in the word ourselves Mm. and then modeling and teaching them the importance of feasting on that bread of life, the intentionality of worshiping first and foremost, our like ourselves with God, and Mm -hmm. then modeling and inviting them into worship. The intentionality of knowing Christ, allowing it to transform us. And this leads me to my second point, then living not hypocritically living that out. Right. I'm going yeah. to and talk to my child about what it means to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. And then they turn around and I'm living 
very mm-hmm. antithetical to that. It is going to send a very confusing message. And we just look like a lot of talk. So really living out what we believe as well, inviting them into that journey and living purely in that mm. um, without hypocrisy. I also think on the front of, um, man, prayer. Well, I would add to that last point. There is a conversational layer as well that we have to be willing to engage in with our children of, man, what does the word say? We talked about this on the last podcast, I think, when we talked about navigating the conversation of sex and sexuality. But we're instructed to speak of these things when we rise and when we lie down in our goings and our comings. And so how we are navigating uh, with intentionality the very words we speak to our children, that mm-hmm. we're speaking life over them, affirming them, speaking their true identity over them, disciplining them carefully and with sound instruction, you know, mm-hmm. not letting our emotions get the best of us. Very hard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I probably shouldn't preach on that one too much because that's my struggle. Um, but, you know, in, in all opportunities, engaging with them in, right. in these ways, finding any opportunity to teach, you know, or yeah. connect things back. Uh, and then I would say a fourth point is really, and I, I read this recently and have begun doing it and seeing the fruit of it. A lot of the times with this great mantle, with this great responsibility, we as women tend to become a little weighed down by how important we know those things are and trying to carry the weight in our own strength. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to raise up a kingdom warrior, I need to teach them everything. They need to have heard it all. Where do I even start? How do I create these bases? And we forget it's actually he who carries out this work. Yeah. The necessity of prayerful intercession. Yeah. Holy spirit, you bring to completion this work that you began. Mm -hmm. I was even looking at my three-year-old the other day and she just wired so differently from my five-year-old. My five-year-old's a, she's a firstborn. She's a a people pleaser. She's Mm -hmm. a obedient mommy's best helper. My three-year-old would somersault down the driveway if given (laughs) the opportunity at any given moment. Very uh, previously low work ethic, easily distracted. Yeah. Not really. Super. Sounds like my three-year-old. Yeah, this is maybe it's an age thing, but I also just saw, you know, could see some fundamental differences in their personality that for a while was really starting to like irk me when it came to Asher. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you make them differently, Lord? And how do I parent this one? Why can't they just obey? Right. Why, why is obedience so challenging for this one when it was the delight of this one, you know? But I I came across and read this beautiful reminder of it's really the Holy Spirit's job. Uh, It's just behavior modification, which at times is important. Um, But ultimately that real heart change in anyone comes by way of the Holy Spirit. And so more time than I spend anxiously worrying about how I'm going to guide and sculpt my child to be like X, Y, or Z, Mm -hmm. instead pray that the Holy Spirit would minister to their heart, would Uh form them into the fullness of who they're intended to be. So I just began praying. I think I just started with manners with that, you know, and just praying, Holy Spirit, the fruit of your spirit, joy, peace, patience, you know, just speaking the word, even in my own prayers. And I believe that's your intent to bring her into the fullness of who she was made to be. 
please do the work. And I kid you not, after sewing in those prayers for a little while, suddenly we just started seeing some shifts in her. Right. I agree. And it, and it wasn't just like a developmental leap. I mean, it was only in a month or so. And we started seeing really significant shifts of generosity, yeah. of kindness. And I just thought, well, maybe there's something to this whole prayer thing. <laughs> like this whole Holy Spirit, please help me parent because I don't know how in my humanity, but you are yeah. the perfect Abba Father. Yeah. And so um, I would just say, you know, I would even remind mothers of that and allow that to sort of let us loosen our grip and yep. take off some of the yoke and the burden we feel and remember that he loves them more than we do. Mm-hmm. And to pray intentionally that the Holy Spirit would develop them um, and that we would be in sync with him. In that yeah, way. I can't agree more because I, I mean, personally, I love prayer. And so prayer is basically everything that would help me get through. <laughs> and, um, and I have, you know, prayers that I've made for my daughters, I have personally seen it come into fruition, Yeah, you know, and you're just like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Let's give the credit where the credits actually do. Right. It's a shame if we raised what seemed like perfect kids and took all the credit for ourselves. Exactly. And what a double shame if we thought we were doing a great job and a child prodigal and we carried the crushing weight of that ourselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, there's a danger point when it all rests on our own shoulders of right. pride or of crushing shame, like failure, yeah. you know, but when we realize he's in the midst, he's in control, we can give credit where credit's due mm-hmm. and depend on him more fully in the hour that we need to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love when you added the conversation layer because kids Kids understand so much. You think, no, she's just a two-year-old or a three-year-old. She may not even understand. But if you explain to them, they really do get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and those conversations are just really important. And when you mention about women as mothers, we take on this yoke, this heaviness on our own, because I think women has just been built that way. And in several of my podcasts, I always talk about, you know, how some of us women, some of us mothers, we try to try to be the perfect mother right. you know, and try to take on the extra. But at the end of the day, it's like, is it really necessary? Like, you know, maybe on that day, you don't need to. And I I mean, there are days that I forget, you know, but there are days I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, please help me. And those days work out so much better. (laughs) Right. right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, so now my next question is, how do you think mothers are being spiritually attacked these days? And how can we equip ourselves as mothers, you know, obviously going into the word and just being connected and staying in his will, but how do you think we're spiritually being attacked? Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I mean, I, I semi spoke into it a minute ago, so I'll take it a a different direction um, than the general ways uh, Mm -hmm. in general societally, we see the role of motherhood greatly diminished. Where my mind is really going in one form of attack that I see is isolation that we are experiencing. Man, the family model, if we look biblically, was really a multi-generational family team in Mm -hmm. a lot of circumstances. Um, And this beautiful way 
of the people of God through the course of history was a unified and communal means of helping one another, of pouring into one another, of you know, relying on one another. Now we see certain biblical stories where there were um, instances of various journeys that may be isolated to a degree more, but for the most part, the the Hebraic way, the way of the Jewish people was one that was very communal. Mm -hmm. And in our country, in our culture, and really we well, we see it some places around the world. Others still very much get this family communal model, but especially in America, as we've moved through the time of our very young nation, we can see this <laughs> spreading that is just consistently continued to take place, this individuality, this separation of maybe the multi-generational layers of family, this basically sort of prideful mm-hmm. pat on the back of you should be able to do it all. And you should be able to do it all alone, you know, mm-hmm. you, and that's what would make you strong. Yeah. And really I see this pervasive way that's kind of the bedrock a little bit of how our society runs uh, that is leaving a lot of mothers and a lot of women very isolated physically. Mm-hmm. I mean, even think if you look back biblical times, there's kibbutz, there's, you know, communal living that they're literally next door to each other there to help each other living under the same roof. Now I'm a half an acre away from my neighbor, even like I, I have to drive to get anywhere. I, you know, we even have spread out in such a way that it makes it harder to mm-hmm. do life together. But we see this isolation physically when it comes to the family's appreciation and service of one another. But we also, I really see it spiritually. I see it emotionally. I see it mentally for mothers. There is an attack on your competency. That is the lie that will come. That to need help is to be weak. Um, When in reality, God made us a body. To, to be alone is to mm-hmm. be dead. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't cut off my arm and it continued to be a living exactly. thing. <laughs> you know? And so we've had this flipped perspective. The enemy's done a really great job of convincing us that autonomy and independence is synonymous with strength and ability and competency. Mm-hmm. And the, the opposite is quite true, I believe, especially um, for the body of believers. Uh, we need one another. Yeah. And to have need and to share it is not a weakness. It's a trust in those who you're expressing your need to, you know, to man realize that that we have so much to learn from one another and generation to generation. I have so much to glean from the older generation. Right. I want to pass down to the younger. This networked way is the way of God. Mm-hmm. And yet now we see the older generation is like, eh, I, I don't want to glean too much from them. They're so outdated. We see the younger generation, it, like it's all relative to where we fall on the generational scale. And- <laughs> but it is, it is a mandate though in Titus 2, where we look to our generationals before us, right? Right. Literally. And we're, we're just missing out on such a goldmine when we mm-hmm. allow the enemy to attack us and deceive us into thinking that separating ourselves from the body is how we'll thrive. Yeah. Really, we need to come together as women, as sisters, mm-hmm. as we need reconciliation and maternal relationships. Yeah. And- 
you know, just familial bonds. And at the core, we want to know one another and be known really. Right. Everyone does. And we, I really think there is an attack on the confusion point, the deception in our minds of autonomy and isolation, meaning strength and uh, dependence and community being mm. weakness. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a big area moms are getting hit right now. And we look a lot more like the roaming, like warrior walking alone versus the unified army. Yeah. It's just a very vulnerable place to be. Yeah. Oh man. I can keep talking about this subject because it's just so good. <laughs> Metaphors keep coming up. <laughs> But we're almost at the end of our show, but uh, I just wanted to ask you, is there anything that you would like to share with our gems of mothers out there? Oh, everything. Just every, I know (laughs) through the microphone, um, man, you're, you're valuable. You're valuable. Not because you're a wife, not because you're a mom, not because you're single. You're valuable because you're an image bearing creation of God. You, You are his creation. And Mm. that brings such an inherent identity and an inherent worth that I just want to speak that over any woman who is listening. You are important. You are seen. You are known. You are invited into an intimate relationship with your very maker who wants to, um, man, concrete these very truths on your mind and your heart Mm. so that you can walk forward in any season and any role, uh, whether that is wife, whether that is mother of one, whether that is mother of 19, (laughs) whether that is uh, the Duggars just popped into my mind, (laughs) Um, you know, no matter what that role looks like, that you can first know your worth and your inherent value And you can pick up and carry whatever mantle it is that he gives you to carry in any given season and walk forward in strength, in honesty, in vulnerability, in grace, and truly, man, trust him through the Mm. process of um, shepherding life and stewarding your call well. So I just, I want to remind any woman listening to that because the more we get fired up about the truth of what God's given us to carry, right. the harder the enemy will come to um, confuse us or defeat us in that process. Yeah. So I don't want anyone to miss the core foundational truth first of their inherent worth and value um, and the very rock of their salvation, who is Christ, his changing word, his very sure character and nature, and that his promises are true. Uh, and everything else is built upon that very bedrock. So um, just a reminder of that truth as women go out and uh, move forward in their call. Amen. So good. Thank you so much, Mo, for sharing all your gem uh, wisdom with all the mothers out there. Truly, truly appreciate all that you have to share. And thank you for being so obedient to the Holy Spirit. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on again. And you continue to carry this forward. Women need it. And I know are tuned in and listening because it it fills their soul. It fuels them. Mm -hmm. And um, it's because you root it all back to the truth, the word of God. So it's a pleasure to be on with you. 
Amen. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.